Welcome to the Addiction Connection. We like to believe the opposite of addiction is actually connection, and we are going to attempt to educate you and possibly even entertain you while we navigate all topics addiction. Hi, I'm Dr. Kirk Devine. And I'm Dr. Heather Bell, and we both provide primary care and addiction services. It's our goal to help you learn more about the disease of addiction and its treatments. Man, we're back. Uh, This week's a lot better because Dr. Bell actually can talk better than last time. A little. A little bit. But she's still coughing a little bit, so. I don't have COVID. They've tested me 900 times. Yes. I just have a direct track to my brain for that swab. Her nose is so swollen from all the swabs. So today we're talking about uh, Kratom. It's kind of an update of Kratom because it's been a year and a few months since we've done this last, and we actually did this as a... uh, uh, as part of our ECHO program. And so we thought, what the heck, let's just throw out the new Kratom stuff. Just interesting because new Kratom stuff, when we first heard about it, which was a couple of years ago, literally nobody knew anything. And now here we are 15 months later from our last podcast on this, giving you the updates. Yeah. There so you it's go. kind of interesting. So it's, uh, again, Kratom's also uh, much like last week. This is uh, from an evergreen tree that's... Huh, Related to the coffee plant, your favorite plant, Dr. Bell. Mm-hmm. So it's also from Asia and seems, I get, I think last week I said something about everything's from somewhere else and this is too. I mean, I feel like we should just go, although out in your backyard, we got all the maple trees. Maples, yes. Maple syrup. I could go on a tangent about trees and how proud I am of my very smart 11 year old, but I won't right now. But nope. anyway. Let's keep moving. Okay. So. It's an indole alkaloid, metragynine, gynine, gynine. I don't know. Metragynine, metragynine. Metragynine, seven hydroxy. metragynine? Okay, seven hydroxy metragynine is the active metabolite. From now on, we're just going to say kratom. Um, Okay, so it's a partial agonist on the opioid receptor, kind of like, kind of like buprenorphine. And interestingly, when you see this, the chemical structure, and obviously you can't see it, it kind of looks like a dinosaur standing up. It does, it? but with like an elephant nose. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the bad part about this, this problem, kind of like the, the marijuana issue, is really that it's lots of different things. You know, obviously there's, there's the two main things that, that we talk about, the main alkaloids, but there's 40 other compounds still detected thus far. Uh, and it's really not known whether these are pharmacologically active. There you go. So stimulant effects at low dose, opioid effects at higher dosing, um, but they're very distinctly different from opioids. Yeah. So they, uh, you know, they kind of produce that kind of overlapping kind of thing, but not identical. So I do love how they call it this referred to now as an atypical opioid, because when we first talked about this or first heard about this from like Dr. Beth Bilden a million years ago, there was an understanding in the universe that this was when Kratom was first discovered, this had nothing to do with an opioid. Now we're we're advanced enough in the last couple of years to now call it an atypical opioid. Anyway. Yeah. So, metro, you know, now you've goofed me up. I, I used metragynine. to Metragynine. 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 Okay. But anyway, there's the 7-hydroxy, and then there's just the regular. And... It's actually the 7-hydroxy that they think probably gives us our liability for addiction uh, and the more of the opioid effects. So it's really the dependence is probably from that, uh, from the hydroxy portion of it. So The hydroxylated. 
version of it. All right. So the affinity of mitragynine is 50% of morphine, but the 7-hydroxymitragynine is 46 times more potent than mitragynine and 13 times more potent than morphine, which I'm going to totally jump ahead because the first time we used this to treat anybody with buprenorphine for a person who was um, having some kratom use disorder, it blew my mind how high the dosing had to get right away. Yeah. And someone had asked this question last week about, um, you know, is there a morphine equivalent table? And there was one place, one time, one of our nurses was able to find this morphine equivalent thing, and it was super high, which is why we ended up getting to a super high dose. But everybody since then, we've had to go to higher doses. And I think it's very interesting that it's this much more potent. Yeah, but then again, we'll as we'll talk about shortly, uh, the risk potential for dependency appears to be in most of the studies low, which is pretty crazy. The people that really get going on it, we've seen have been very sick. Correct. So, so historically, this has, of course, come in a liquid form. Most people have used it as a liquid form. Um, you know, you can get powders and capsules now, and but a lot of people use it like a tea. Put a little sweetener in there because it's kind of bitter, like coffee. You know, look at all the junk you put in your coffee to make it taste good. But I think, you know, for the most part, it's been oral. But uh, there were actually some case reports of people solubilizing this and, well, using it IV, uh, which I had not seen previously. So there you go. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I think every patient I have seen has been a powder or capsule. Powder is cheaper because you can buy it in bulk, but capsules, you know, you can get anywhere at head shops. Yep. All right, so the metabolism of kratom, it's hepatic P450, so of course it interacts with everything. Half-life appears to be three hours, but some studies suggest longer. Yeah, and uh, actually some of the studies, I remember when uh, Beth talked about this, it, it was like in the 15 to 20-hour range, and right. so it really varies. Roll the dice. Roll the dice. So in a perfect world, what are we looking for when we take kratom? Oh, I got to mention one other thing. It. One of the things that, that has changed since we talked about this last is now they know that the 7-hydroxy metrogenine is actually the metabolite of metrogenine. I know, metrogenine. but I said that four you, minutes ago. Did you? Yeah. Was I? Did I? There you, was a rabbit outside. <laughs> I might have missed that. No, that was a turkey. It was a turkey. <laughs> oh, my God, it looked like a rabbit. Okay. So anyway, so yeah, in a perfect world, people really want, very similar to last week uh, when we were talking about... Uh, Ashwagandha. Your friend Ashwagandha. <laughs> people people want increased energy. They want to be social. They want to be alert. Um, and, of course, at higher doses, they want to have no pain. No pain. So, you know, the the problem is is they're often used inter, intermittently with other substance, substances. So what is, what's the actual data that poison control sees? Yeah, no, they see the people who are using it constantly. Not just intermittently. And really, that's where the kind of the train goes off the track. And really, from 2011 to 2017, there were over a thousand kratom exposures called in. And there were about uh, 1,020 that resulted in adverse clinical problems. So it's not uncommon. And actually, the graph really shows that that's really gone up the last year or two. Mm -hmm. And the common clinical effects that people are, you know, concerned about when they call in agitation, irritability, tachycardia, nausea, vomiting, and also drowsiness, lethargy, confusion, and then elevated blood pressure. So kind of across the gamut, but you can have some really serious 
issues as well. Yeah, you know, seizures. That's, that's serious. It. You know, respiratory depression. Yeah, that's a problem. Uh, you know, the occasional coma. They're tired. We don't want coma. But if they do, you know, because of the, some of the liver issues, you will get uh, people who turn yellow. And, and of course, I think the cardiac issues, and I know Dr. Bilden, when she gave her talk, had a had a case that had a lot of cardiac issues. And, uh, and of course, the renal failure would be in the list, too. So lots of problems. So more than half of the cases that were reported in that 1,100 or whatever included um, the treatment needed IV fluids, benzos, oxygen, Narcan, and intubation. Yeah. So that is one thing to know is that it can be responsive to naloxone. Yeah. Now, the CDC has also been involved in kind of collecting data, and uh, they've they've had quite a bit over the last few years. And, in fact, they had collected some data from initially 11 states from July 2016 and 7 to – actually, let me start over – July 2016 <laughs> to June of 2017, so about a year, and then – they had another little study going from uh, 27 states from July to December of 2017, and they actually found over 27,000 overdose deaths. So in those 27,000 overdose deaths, 152 cases had kratom detected postmortem, and in 91 of them, kratom was the sole cause of death. Yeah, it, it's, well, it was, well, it was it identified was as, as the, cause, the of cause of death or a part of it, yes. And then seven of them, it was the only substance detected yeah. in the overdose. So basically from that, you you know that in most of those cases, and in fact in 84 of those cases, it was a co-occurring thing with all these other things like fentanyl, heroin, benzos, cocaine, and alcohol. So the typical. So the typical, and in a way, when I look at this, it's it's to me very similar to the benzodiazepines. There's, if you if you look in the for different studies, there's not a lot of people that died just from benzos. It's more benzos and opioids, and and seems like it's the same for kratom. You know, kratom mixed with other things, trouble. So so this is a, a study that's been used by the American Kratom Association as saying, hey, look, nobody dies just from kratom, but. And, there's a lot of other interactions, though. There's, I mean, again, we mentioned the P450 metabolism, so it can interact with a lot of meds. Um, there are case reports of drug herb. You know, this is considered that herb medication. Herb. So there's been drug and herb interactions. Some have caused death. Is it herb or herb? Herb. Herb. So amlodipine with kratom, SSRIs with kratom, alcohol, Tylenol with kratom, Seroquel with kratom. Again, yeah. just a lot of different interactions. Yeah, that have caused death. So... Yeah, that's a problem. So, so what do we? How do we treat this? Well, like many things, it's largely supportive. So you're just, you know, again, naloxone has been used and it's a, uh, it's recommended, but there are no clinical trials that show its effectiveness. And of course, in some of the cases where patients have gotten acute hepatitis, use the N-acetylcysteine. NAC. NAC. Okay. And uh, and so there's lots of different. Uh, things you can think about, but it's mostly supportive. But people can withdraw. And, you know, having started several people now on buprenorphine products who have been on Kratom, it, basically their withdrawal looks just like it would for all the opioids. So symptomatic treatment, clonidine, Zofran, um, buprenorphine, and methadone, though, have been found to be effective. So definitely things to think about. Yeah, I think it's just important that you know that this is out there. So let's talk a little bit about the Kratom dependence potential. And again, that's one of the things that's really kind of interesting. Um, 
there is some evidence that it's less potential for dependence and in over and overdose than some of the traditional opioids. Um, and you know, this is what's interesting is that in, in the next bullet point here is that a majority of creative mirrors had prior use disorders. And what we've heard from patients is that they use Kratom to try to get off of the heroin. They use it to get off of what they had a dependence or a use disorder with, and then they couldn't get off of that. Yeah. Very few. I don't think I've seen someone that just went straight to Kratom. I have not. Mm-mm. In fact, all of the people I've had on Kratom uh, had previously had an opioid use disorder mm-hmm. and then started using that thinking it was, quote, safe. Unquote. Or one of them had said that, they were obviously going down the rabbit hole of opioid use disorder, but the doctor started to get a little suspicious with the prescriptions. And a friend had said, hey, try this instead, rather than jumping to yeah. a different street drug. And so, I think the, the really the trouble is that we have no idea what the incidence of kratom dependency is. I mean, there's no reporting system. There's, I mean, we know that the calls to poison control are going up, so we know that there's more. Or is that just because people are more aware of it? I don't know. But in general, the the dependence symptoms seem to be milder in some of the some of the studies that have been done. But our experience, I think, has been the people that have come to us have been pretty sick in withdrawal. Right. So, and kind of like we talked about last week with this ashwagandha that you buy over the counter, and we talked about the different dosing of the two different um, people who had called in or had their comments on Reddit. There is no oversight. No, it's not FDA approved. So we really don't know how pure things is, the quality, the potency, the safety. So you don't actually know what you're getting. And then with Kratom, there's the three different colored leaves. So there's three technically different products. Um, And to ferret out which is which and which, you know, ratio, just kind of like with cannabis, it's... Mm -hmm. You just don't know. You just don't know. Um, And one of the problems is, of course, these things are coming you know, into health food stores and head shops. And so some of them are adulterated and there's been numerous cases where there's been increased levels of the alkaloids in it that have caused problems. There's um, other synthetic things in, including phenylethylamine. Did I say that correct? Ethyl, ethylamine. Ethylamine. Dang it. It sounded good though. Uh, yeah. I mean, you just one thought. And then des, interesting desmethyltramadol, which I, I'm not really sure what that is i mean obviously tramadol kind of rings a number of bad bells um but there was a huge salmonella what are you trying to say? well <laughs> i'm just saying that it's probably some precursor the metabolites probably yeah. tramadol but um but, but then i think the whole salmonella outbreak and heavy metal contamination so yeah, these we're not are... ta- we're not talking about heavy metal music this is heavy metal in there I'm just want to be clear. Thank you. Thank you for that. It's like that, that was so a, much more clear. It's like ACDCs in your kratom. Never mind. But it's uh, but yeah, the heavy metal contamination has also uh, been an issue. So let's talk about legalities. Wow, you know some of the states it's actually uh, illegal. It's getting uh, there. If you go to the uh, American Kratom Association's website, you can actually see that where it's uh, where it's legal and where it's not. So I think that's kind of fun. Uh, there are some counties that have made it illegal or some different smaller areas, but it's not legal everywhere. It is in Minnesota still. still, But not Wisconsin. Yep. Which is interesting. So I actually went to the AKA. Ooh. I, that's what I'm going to say it now. Uh, the American Fancy. Kratom Association. I went to the AKA website and, uh, you know, I mean, I think uh, to each his own. Uh, they feel like that this should be legal. 
they had a lot of thoughts, but there's some of the things on there I probably wouldn't completely agree with. They felt that uh, there had been zero deaths have been proven to be caused by Kratom. Well, you know, I mean, it depends. Kratom itself alone as a substance, yeah, that's probably... But I also still, like, unless you knew you were looking for it, I mean, how many of the carfentanil deaths did people miss because they didn't know to look for carfentanil when the fentanyl thing started? Because True. it had to be a special test, just like Kratom, the mitragynine, speciosa, urine drug screen, you have to order it special. It doesn't show up. Yeah. So I wonder how many medical examiners tested for this prior plus, to like five minutes ago. Plus, in my mind, interactions or um, when two things combine and make things worse, it, it's responsible in well, my right. mind. So, you know, and it says uh, no more potential substance abuse uh, issues than caffeine. Uh and I know you have kind of a caffeine problem. I'm tapering off caffeine at the moment, actually. <laughs> sure. But uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure I'd agree with that. And here's a funny thing they said on there. 0% of emergency healthcare professionals slash EMTs responding to an online survey supported a ban of Kratom. I, I never got that survey. I didn't get that survey. And the funny thing is, um, I think most people we ask or mention Kratom to, they don't even know what it is. Correct. So I think that's funny. You know, physicians don't know what it is. So why would an EMT know what it is? Um, so, yeah, so I think that that's uh, it's interesting. I think, you know, they're pushing hard to have this be a legal substance. You know, that's that's to them. They We can't stop that. Apparently, though, they are waiting to be talked to at the FDA and their account. They have this whole countdown thing on their website, which. Yeah, you should go there. Wow. It's interesting. But it's like uh, over 1,100 days now they've been waiting for the FDA to call them. So. So I think really, when the summary of Kratom, I don't know, thoughts? I, I still, it's just like we said last week, this is a non-controlled thing that clearly isn't controlled, like I just said. But it has, you I said mean, that just, twice. just to see like what we have seen in patients and what it looks like in front of us and, you know, the withdrawal and patients I still have on buprenorphine because of going to Kratom. And obviously, if you're addicted to heroin and you switch over to Kratom to help you get off of heroin. I mean, they have to be similar enough. Yep. And I think, you know, there's serious side effects. There are serious interactions. Um, and even if the overdose death from Kratom alone isn't, like, super high, again, when it combines with things, uh, clearly an issue uh, with even medication, something simple as amlodipine. So I think uh, you have to be careful, and we need to ask patients about it. Uh, you know, whether or not they're taking any herbal things. I think that's important. Um, there haven't been a lot of treatment, uh, stuff about treatment on this, you know, as far as studies. But again, we, we all know that buprenorphine and methadone uh, do take away the withdrawal from it. And, and we've used it, the buprenorphine that way. There you go. Any final thoughts, Dr. Heather Bell? Again, just remember to ask people. All right. Just ask. another thing to put on your list to ask about. Hmm. Right after ashwagandha. Yes, that'll be my first question. <laughs> Have you been in an ashwagandha store? Oh my gosh. What happens when somebody says yes? Yeah. yeah. I picked up that, my kratom, and my TNF team. Yeah. The local If herb you store. know what those three things are, you can be friends with us. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, thank you everyone for listening. And we will hopefully be back with you next week.
Promise the world, promise the moon, promise the sun. The words in your mouth are just empty space. And today's the day that I'm done. <laughs>